Hey y'all, I'm Tava, and you're listening to the All on the Table podcast, a safe place where we invite you to lean into the tension of diversity by holding space for authentic, hard conversations about the world around us. There's nothing off the table when we're willing to put it all on the table. We think you're going to love today's topic, and it is, no, you're not crazy. It's mainstream anxiety. Yeah, wow. So joining the conversation today are Vicki, April, Destiny, and Michaela. Y'all ready to dive in? Oh, yeah. Yes. Woo-hoo. Okay, so I'm sure we're all acutely aware and deeply concerned about the dramatic rise in anxiety, right, (laughs) amongst the youth, but also across the general population. An interesting common thread, though, is that although higher levels of anxiety and increasing frequency of anxiety is being experienced by the majority of people, honestly, there's still a stigma of individuals feeling like they're the only ones facing the challenge. So today, we want to bust that myth by unpacking how normal just regular anxiety is and how it would actually be abnormal not to experience it at all. Yay. (laughs) So we hope to offer some helpful tools to guide our minds towards healthier thought patterns. So let's start by defining anxiety. Now, before we do that, though, we want to make sure that we clarify that we're not addressing this subject on the extremes of anxiety. We're just talking about the normal, everyday uh, occurrence of things that make us feel anxiety, but not those things in um, anxiety uh, syndromes where that would include panic attacks all the way to severe depression. And we want to urge you, if you are experiencing any serious symptoms, to please, please, please seek professional care. But today's conversation is really that. It's um, a friendship table where we just want to encourage you. We want to let you know that this is just normal for human beings. And so back to our um, the definition of anxiety, it is classified as emotional disorder. Now, when I read that, I was like, whoa, that does sound <laughs> serious. But that simply means that anxiety has the potential to disrupt calm thinking patterns. So I'm going to say that again. That simply means that anxiety has the potential to disrupt calm thinking patterns. So anxiety is an emotion which is characterized by an unpleasant state of inner turmoil that includes feelings of dread over anticipated events, connected to negative occurrences, or even what we may believe about those incidents. Anybody identify already? (laughs) So anxiety is often accompanied by things like nervous behavior, such as pacing back and forth, body responses, such as increased heart rates, dry mouth, which I'm experiencing a little bit right now, (laughs) (laughs) or upset stomach. Um, These symptoms were previously considered all in your head. Isn't that interesting? Mm. But now Mm. they're understood as a physiological response to things that are stressful. Another symptom is often, and this is a word we don't use very often, but it's uh, rumination. And rumination is where there's an imbalanced, persistent, hyper-focused attention on the symptoms of one's distress. In other other words, you Mm. get into this cycle of thinking and rethinking and analyzing. And Mm. when we get stuck in this, uh, this cycle, it actually spikes our anxiety. 
So again, anxiety is a natural response of our minds when it comes, uh, when it occurs in a healthy fashion, and it's actually really extremely important. So here's an example from my life. Uh, one day, several years ago, I got out of the car with my family. We were all piling out to rush in to get some ice cream, but I had received a text that was time sensitive and really needed an immediate response. So in order to get inside and enjoy my ice cream with all my, my family, I just was trying to quickly, you know, pay attention, didn't, you know, shoot off something that was, you know, a spell check curse word or something, <laughs> you know, you have to pay attention to these things. So I was looking down intently, um, reading and rereading uh, what I was typing, and I was so hyper-focused that I did not notice there was a handicap sign in the parking lot. And so as a result, I just careened right into it and crashed my head into the sign. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah. So it was uh, pretty hilarious, but I noticed right away, you know, my brain worked really well. First of all, say, don't pass out. You know, that really hurt. Don't pass out. <laughs> but then automatically, I was re- I was actually aware of this heightened sense of embarrassment. And so I was trying to play it off like nothing had happened. But there was no other explanation for that turn, you know, sound that happened in the park parking lot. So as a result, you know, I would actually classify years later, I get out of the car and I just, I have this reminder in my head. (laughs) It goes like this. If you are having to finish an important text, uh, keep it, keep your phone kind of in a position where you can look above, not run into signs or trip over curbs, any of those important things. <laughs> but an unhealthy thing, right, is if I had so much anxiety, I was just scared to go out, get out of my car in the parking lot. Now, I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's an example of really how anxiety can either be, you know, something that helps us. years later or it can be something that would actually set us up for something where we could experience panic and then Mm -hmm. some unorthodox strange you know fear that really doesn't make sense in this situation anybody else have an example of anything like that you know y'all help me out so I don't feel so embarrassed (laughs) I do I have one um so when I was in second grade I started school for the first time um because I was homeschooled kindergarten and first grade so I had a lot of anxiety separation anxiety so I think this is what caused this but someone in our class got sick like they threw up everywhere oh no um, so which happens a lot in elementary school so. <laughs> um, but I was so like horrified by this like just the way it happened in the hallway that I became really anxious about eating and so like I would check all the dates on all the foods like even oh. if they were non-perishable oh. items I'd be like I'm not eating this. <laughs> so, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and so that was, I mean, I was seven, so obviously I was young, so, like, I didn't have the, the I don't know, the skills to self-soothe and be like, okay, like, that was someone who had that was random. a virus. That was right. <laughs> but, yeah, for, like, the whole school year, that was my way of, like, probably my way of coping with the bigger anxiety of just starting school for the first time. Oh, kind mm-hmm. of a place of control. You're yes. like, I know if I yeah. don't eat things that are expired, yeah. then I won't be throwing up in front of everyone. Yeah, <laughs> or like sometimes I would like not eat like, I don't mm. know, lunch or just, you know, yeah. it was just a kid thing, but that's just probably an extreme example, but an example no, of that's letting good, something really control 
Do you like, ever yeah. think of it like randomly today? You're I do. Like, Check the yeah. expiration. <laughs> yeah, I do think of it, but yeah, I wouldn't be that. But not nitpicky now. But yeah, that was me at seven. You know, these may seem kind of silly examples, but they're actually really good because what it demonstrates is that while in our own heads we might have thought then or even now mm-hmm. that was crazy. Yeah. No. That was normal. So, um, those being great, those two being great examples, um, I think we could all say, though, that we all experience anxiety on some level based Mm -hmm. on the definition that Mm -hmm. we talked about, just that normal type of anxiety. But it's also important to um, assess just how healthy our automatic responses are to real things that's happening. Mm-hmm. So here's a quick assessment, and we'll have this in the notes, in the show notes, but here's a quick assessment to help us evaluate our healthy thinking or maybe our not so healthy thinking. So listen to these. Are my thoughts encouraging or discouraging in general? Are my feelings filled with worry? Are my thoughts causing me to keep people at a distance? or even avoiding interactions that I can't control. I'm getting anxious just thinking about these. (laughs) Are anxious thoughts keeping me from the fulfilling life I believe I'm supposed to be living? Do my thoughts lean towards worst case scenarios? Are my thoughts optimistic and personally encouraging? Do I think peaceful thoughts most of the time? Does my self-talk inspire me to take faith risks. That means stretching out beyond our, you know, just our normal expectations Mm -hmm. of ourselves. Do my thoughts encourage me to get closer to others? Do my thoughts reflect trust in an adoring heavenly father who wants to partner with me in everything? Do my thoughts inspire me to be more like him? So as we consider our overall mental health, let's also be our own best friend. Here's what we know. We know since the normalization of humans processing the barrage of traumatic news, like traumatic news, such as the constant open sharing of devastating problems in social media, that's from our relatives, our our besties, and total strangers. Just think of how that compounds in our mind, what we're having to process, and where there's no longer like morning and evening breaking news. Lisa, um, um, Vicki, you could probably be the only one that would be able to identify with me about morning news and nighttime news. But now there's a 24-7 news cycle of rapid-fire alarming information. And so add that to what we already, our brains are being overloaded with, and then compound all of that, that since March of 2020, whoop, 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 right? Any sense of control over our personal safety and autonomy has been obliterated. So these realities are perfect storms for emotional disorder. So in other words, we're talking about disruptions to a calm way of thinking. So let's just say we're grading on a curve (laughs) and that all of us who can remember our names and addresses on most days (laughs) are probably in the B-plus mental health range. So um, as we look at just the commonality of what we share in society about, you know, just the onslaught of things that are uh, stressful, um, what are you guys hearing when you're, you know, talking to friends about the impact of anxiety? And what does some of that anxiety look at amongst your friends group and acquaintances? 
Well, um, I was just listening to like, you know, what you were just sharing. And I just think too that um, like, yes, there's the 24 hour news cycle, but now we live in a day and age of social media. And I think that you're exposed to stories you never would have heard, right? you know, 10 years ago or anything like that. So I know like even just a season, like for me, you know, I'm, I'm eight months pregnant. I think (laughs) that sounds right. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. But like all of pregnancy, you know, of just being like, uh, I was talking to, I think it was Michaela recently or whatever, but um, just dealing with like, there's so many, like not only do I have my personal friends who have maybe experienced multiple miscarriages or whatever, you know, Mm. but then you get on social media and it's infant loss awareness week and it's this mom group and it's this trigger warning and like showing and just like really going okay I need to stay off social media while I'm pregnant right now because there's just so many like even just a month ago I had a friend who uh you know lost her baby and Mm. like just I'm just like I just think we're so barraged with so many like stories that you wouldn't necessarily have like Mm. she lives across the country exactly you know like I probably wouldn't have we're not close close friends you know we're acquaintances I knew her at one time in my life you know but like I hear that story you know or or just the different you know like Hmm. uh you know parents pass on hey this happened to me and my kid and if there's any other parents out there and that thing goes viral or whatever like there's just so much like I think stories or experiences we're exposed to that you weren't not that long ago you know and so I think that contributes to it I think the age of having information at your fingertips contributes to it. I mean, you know, we always like make jokes about like Dr. Google and stuff, but you put in like, I have throw up a fever and a headache and it's like, you have a terminal disease. Like you're going to be dead by tomorrow. (laughs) So I just think living in such an age where there's so much information and so much shared experiences, there's such great benefits to that. But I think one of the the shadow effects of that is yeah. I think that's why there is such a rise in anxiety because mm-hmm. you're so aware of the potential risks of everything. I mean, I just had sinus stuff and did a neti pot, which I am like the number one advocator yeah. of neti pots right now. But like, even <laughs> on that, it's like you could get a life threatening brain eating anemia. Like, <laughs> like, what, like, or like, just what, like so many things you have, like so many warnings worst case and like scenarios. worst case scenario stories. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. even if you're not prone to think worst case scenario, you can't escape. You're literally getting slapped hearing in the face. about worst case yeah. scenario like, over every little thing. Almost so, like you're being irresponsible if you yeah. don't yes. think worst yeah. case scenario yes. instead of trying to approach things with some sort of balance. Yeah, or you can't get away from it. Like you could literally yeah. be the most positive thinker, but everything you open up to now is mm-hmm. like this viral story well, of this, I have a story this viral about that. story of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, we were on family vacation and, you know, with my family that I should have been spending, you know, time with thinking about conversation, you know, what questions should I ask that my, you know, sister-in-law that I haven't seen in six months. So all of those great things. But instead I sat down on a bench, uh, we were, we were shopping that day. And so, um, and I pulled out my phone and like opened up Facebook. And the first thing, it wasn't even a friend on my feed. It just was maybe yeah. like, I don't a know, viral like, story. It, it, was some, it was a shared post from yeah. a friend. So it wasn't even her friend. And it was actually about a little boy that committed suicide and he was like in elementary school. I I mean, it was a horrible story. And I, yeah. I kid you not, I literally started crying. Benji was right next to me. I was nursing Haven. And I just yeah. started crying on the bench on great, family vacation great example. Yeah. about something that like, yes, it is horrible. And like I, yeah. if my friend had gone through that or even like it's horrible, like we all should, you know, weep with those who weep and care, you Absolutely. know, but the fact of like, that happening while like I almost felt like it was an attack like Mm -hmm. from the enemy of like 
you're supposed to be focused on your family and yeah. on building on doing all the things that Being like present, that yeah. they were yeah. actually saying you should do like oh mm-hmm. you should be involved in your kids lives you should be knowing what's happening and it's like well actually this is what I'm dedicating like what I should be dedicating my time to doing right now focused on Benji but I was I saw a media post that completely derailed my emotions for like a couple hours, honestly, I well, was thinking be about it. And then that, there's the images, you yeah. know, that come with that too. We're being, um, you know, we're being marketed as people and, you mm-hmm. know, so you get news feeds based on like your age range. Yes, and as a so, mom. Yeah. And so, you know, stories will come to you and kind of move up in the ranking of how it goes into your news feed mm. based on the season that you're in. So just being aware of that is so important. So likewise, with you being pregnant, I'm not sure that that's the reason why you got that, you know, yeah. the, the update from that friend, Destiny. Mm. But think about how many acquaintances and friends that we have on social media, but how something will be just at the most horrible timing yeah. when it comes isn't to it, isn't it amazing though how um i think especially with just kind of listening to every mm-hmm. what everybody is saying i think it's amazing that it's always the worst case scenario yeah. that anxiety will go to oh yeah, yeah. i mean there's nothing that could be going on like now. escalates you know, right because yeah. you know even as you guys were talking and i was thinking about you know i was talking earlier about the fact you know anybody who's known me who has been on a getaway with me who has been anywhere near the mountains with me (laughs) knows that I have had a love-hate relationship (laughs) with the mountains okay they're beautiful but they're high Yes. Um, they have railings and then they don't. Yeah, um, all the things. You know, they have <laughs> they have one lane that three cars have to go up at the same time. And mm. I was that person, you know, there's nothing that's happened, right? But the worst case scenario could be, oh, the car is going to go over the side or somebody's going to lose control. Somebody's going to be barreling down the mountain. I'm going to slip and fall and roll down the mountain. You know, all of those things, nothing has happened. I'm praying for the person who's driving because it won't be me Um, and all of that because in your brain, a lot of times, the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. is what can Mm -hmm. happen. So when you see stuff like that on uh, social media and stuff, it's always the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Hadn't happened, but that Mm -hmm. worst case scenario could happen. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a, uh, it's 99.9999% mm-hmm. that it's not going to happen. It's not going like to happen. Positive yeah. pregnancy test. <laughs> um, but we're always, you know, we, it's amazing how as humans, we can gravitate to the worst case mm-hmm. scenario. Yes, that is yeah. so true. Yeah. yeah. So. And I think our brain is trying to help us, but it's helping too much, you know? Yeah. yeah. So come on back, brain. Well, it's kind of like the fight or flight, you know? Yeah, it's like, exactly. okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to... Am I going to fight this? Am I flee from it? Am I going to, you know, what am I going to do to head it off so it doesn't happen? Exactly. And so your brain is doing all of that when there's nothing that's happened at all. Yeah, I think that um, that's why I think, you know, you've heard me talk about this podcast, but it goes back to asking yourself the right questions, you know, because it really is a it is a protection mechanism and it it is. is good to like plan for things or like be aware, like just different stuff like that. But at the same time of going, okay, now am I crossing over into this line or like whatever, you know, and again, just kind of being, I think really aware of your emotions, naming them, like, you know, like figuring all that out, but then also asking yourself the right questions when we're talking about this type of feelings, you know, anxiousness. So Michaela, um, what impact do you think then comparison, um, that seems to be a big thing, uh, regarding anxiety, you know, how do you think that impacts people um well I feel like I only can speak for myself especially um 
you know, with not ever dealing with like clinical anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I'm really um, glad that we made that delineation between, you know, clinical anxiety, which I don't feel like any of us um, are speaking like specifically to that. But um, as a person who I think I do, like I I have a um, idea of what perfect looks like, you know, like what would be the perfect, I I think idealized or optimized situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I was on a trip with a friend recently and we were laughing because we wanted to go to the store or we were trying to get some food for our kids because we were going on a date night. We were going to get some pizza. Um, And so we wanted to go ourselves so that we could get like other snacks and stuff. And we didn't trust our husbands to go and get the snacks we wanted, (laughs) not because we didn't want to write it down, but because we didn't we wanted to be able to go and like see exactly like, you know, kind of go along and be like, Oh, inspired by a dessert, you know? (laughs) So we didn't have any like pre-plan. So they ended up like I was nursing Haven. They went out, like the guys ended up going before we were done. Like before I came out and I was like, we both like kind of were like, what, you know, they just like went without us and everything. And so we were talking about it. And I, I, what was funny was like, we were, we were laughing at ourselves for the fact of like our dire need to like, optimize the situation it has to be perfect it has to be the exact way that we planned it and so I think with anxiety a lot of stuff with with me is the that like anxiety comes in the door or I allow it in whenever I'm a situation should be a certain way in my mind and then something changes Mm. and it should it's not exactly how I planned it for it to be and then I start like getting, you know, the whole ruminating, like hyper focus on that one thing. Well, like it wasn't that I went and picked out my own snack, you know, like, (laughs) and so like, I know that's a really silly example, but another, another really thing, a big thing for me, um, as a mom, we're talking about Instagram, social media and stuff, but like, I think there is this definite, um, focus so much on anxiety, even like that it's Mm. so normalized, like almost like if you don't, if you're not struggling with anxiety as a new mom, something's wrong with you. Like you should be, Mm -hmm. yeah, you should be, you know, just like, it's okay to let yourself go in this season. And not that like, if you are the sweatpants mom, if you are the sweatpants mom, you know, for half the week and then not half the week, you shouldn't feel like you need to pretend or like, I don't know, be anxious, you know, for no reason. And so, um, but like, I think even the comparison, what you're saying, comparing yourself to others, like, I think it's healthy to, to recognize like where you, um, have struggles with anxiety or struggles with, um, like that feeling of being stressed out or whatever, but like not feel the need to like automatically ascribe, like, you know, I guess like that it's almost been popular to say that you're anxious. And so like as, Mm. as a new mom or whatever, and even just a lot of young people, I'm sure, um, April, you have a lot you could say about that, but like, I think it's like a very, it's a pop word right now or whatever, like a, a what, what's the, what's the, it's a a trendy word. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trendy trendy word. word. (laughs) You're like, I'm anxious. I'm anxious, you know? And so it's like, I, I just think that even the comparison factor is even that of like, oh, well, like I'm a new mom, so I should be anxious. Or I'm like, more I'm anxious a, than you. I'm yeah. more, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a college student, so I should be experiencing anxiety, almost like feeling like you, like not just mm. dealing with your own anxiety, wow, but comparing so it even to other people well, too. Even, so there's something wrong with you if you're not yeah. feeling anxious. Yeah. It's like, what is that? Don't you care enough? Well, (laughs) to that, like even with school just starting, you know, I had a kid start preschool. So it's his first year in school. I can't tell y'all how many phone calls or texts, which if you did this, thank you. Y'all are really sweet friends. But (laughs) but like a people going, are you okay? How are you feeling? Every post is about how every mom's feeling anxious about their kid going back to school and like Mm -hmm. 
all that. And that's, I totally get those feelings and why you'd feel that way. But I didn't feel that way at all. And then and you're so, like, what's wrong with me? Yeah, so I think I even, some of y'all are in the group text. I was like, well, I don't know. Something must be wrong with me, but <laughs> no. I don't feel any of that. I'm like, oh, awesome, so go, you know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, cause you do feel like, oh wow, like literally everyone wow. feels this way. Cause that's what social media is showing me. Wow. Like, so yeah. I must, something must be wrong with me. I'm not feeling that way or you're not in, in tune with your emotions or whatever the oh, case no. may be, you know? But yeah. like, so I think there is that pressure, but then also kind of like going back to what you're saying about a trendy word. Like if you were to type in anxiety in TikTok right now, which disclaimer, I'm not a TikTok, like I don't know how to work TikTok, but <laughs> I did type anxiety in. And like the number, like every single video is like uh, find signs, five signs you have anxiety and didn't know, oh, or like, wow. or like this is me with my anxiety, and like you know, like I'm just like basically going like, and I could literally watch that video and go like, oh wow, wow. I experience every single one of this, so I must be, I have anxiety, I have ADHD, and like whatever the thing, the thing is, yeah, yeah, like there's so, there's such sweeping generalizations, you know, yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. And so I, even of going, of like taking on that label, not realizing that there is a delineation yeah. between like, <laughs> like dealing with, like with chronic anxiety and like, or like actual like things versus like every single one of us have moments in life we feel sure. anxious about or like where our thoughts go down one path or like, you know, whatever, whatever. But there is this kind of like need to stick that specific label on it or to say, yeah, you should be you should like, you should be saying like, yes, I have anxiety or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the situations are going on, you know? That's why I love today's discussion because there's so many great conversations that could be have or had around things that need to be diagnosed mm-hmm. that, you know, again, to what you were saying, Michaela, you know, we're really talking about just the normal in incoming, you know, yeah. uh, stressors that hit our life. And so along that lines, then, uh, Vicki, your particular vocation, <laughs> you work with lots and lots of people and you're in the uh, people service industry, if you want to say, you know, hospitality, but then also you're married to a husband who is uh, in hospitals with people, helping families after, um, at the incidents of crisis mm-hmm. and deaths and then the funerals and all that. And like, whoo, it's a lot. Yes. <laughs> but so knowing that there is this demanding pressure, it's ongoing. It's not like you just have an occasional day, but because you care deeply and your husband cares deeply about the people that you all serve and the people that you're in community with, um, what is what has been the most helpful for you in, in maintaining composure and hopefulness and just counterbalancing those things that really should, like uh, like Michaela said, we do weep with those who weep, but then we we also too don't want to get in a sinkhole of despair and, right. and you know real yeah. serious anxiety over it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing because once you, you know, you can hear on any given time, and I think everybody can attest to this, um, when, you know, people are in, um, having those stressful times, they're in the middle of an emergency or crisis. Um, one of, one of the things that I, I have always done, and it really helps me is to give myself permission to be me. Good. That's good. And not to be anybody else. Because if I focus in on being me, then Mm. I won't get caught up in the whirlwind of what's going on around me. Mm. Um, I want to hear what people have to say, but I don't want to get caught up in the vortex because then I can get caught up in the, oh my gosh, that could happen to me. Or, oh my gosh, I might, you know. And so Mm. being able to not necessarily disconnect 
from right. the things that are going on, sure. but disconnecting from the feeling of having to fix it or uh, having to control yeah. it. Wow. Because I can't. We can't. I can't fix some things you just can't fix. And most things you just can't control. What you can do is control how you respond to it. Mm. And so, so that's what I mm-hmm. that's what I try to do. It's like, okay, I'm hearing this. I'm even experiencing this. Most people, you know, sometimes in, in your head and, you know, I'm going to tell you guys something about tell the us person in my head. In your head. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this person in my head that <laughs> when they find themselves a little bit feeling a little anxious about something. Okay. She gives herself permission to look around and say, hey, guys, don't y'all see that I'm about ready to lose it? <laughs> yeah. And I have this completely calm, composed look on my face. <laughs> but then after I do that, I go, girl, you're going to be all right. You know, self-talk yeah, really self-talk. is not skill- schizophrenic. Yeah. No. I mean, you you ain't crazy. You're not crazy, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, my but, goodness. Very but good, self-talk actually. is super helpful because I have talked my own self down off of the water tower a yeah. lot of times. <laughs> but it's like, okay, why are you? I love um, this is like my thing, asking yourself the right question. Yeah, yeah that's good. Why are you feeling this way? What is yeah. causing you to feel this way? What do you need to do? I need to breathe and I need to exhale. Now that's in the situation. Can you give us a quick glimpse into just sort of the, the day-to-day? The day I mean, is there some things that you do to protect your mental health? and Because I don't know, it's a huge question, yeah. but I think it would be helpful yeah. for people who do experience. Like we've, we've already shown and indicated demonstrated yeah. that we're all like under duress in terms yeah. of what our brains are processing give yourself permission to step away to get a right perspective okay mm. that's good i give myself yeah. permission to step away yeah so that i can get a right perspective mm. that's getting rid of all the noise i have to get rid of all the, all the outside side noise so that i can hear clearly the right voice and that's usually the holy spirit yeah, and so well, yeah, yeah, that yeah, and so I do. I give my permission. I give myself permission to step back and step out, and I'll do it in a heartbeat. And it might not even be physical. It might even mm-hmm. just be taking mm-hmm. a mental pause. I'll sit back and I won't open up my mouth because I'm having a little talk with Jesus. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank you for that because I know it's very real in your mm-hmm. world. But as we said, I think we can all identify to some extent. Then April, you and your husband co-lead a community of young adults who experience a host of their own expectations for the life season they're in, which is what, 18 to 30? 30, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so in their season of life, I think, um, you know, when I've considered the ones that you guys are in community with, I think it's a pretty close uh, parallel to like our junior high years, even though people are much Mm. more mature. It's just real demanding (laughs) time in our life. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. adult puberty. That's right. I can't even say the word. But anyway, (laughs) so um, you're constantly talking to people who have hopefully well-meaning friends and relatives Mm -hmm. pressuring them about those classic questions yeah. that relate to their season of life. What does that look like? And what are what are some of the things that you guys are uh, endeavoring to help that age group with by just sharing with them? Yeah, I do think that um, relatives and parents have play, play a part in like, what are you doing after school? What are you doing? When are you getting married? When are you having a baby? I do think that. But I also think it's like the culture, like social yeah. media. Um, because I will 
shamelessly say, sometimes I do watch these reality like dating shows, like whether on Netflix or yeah. somewhere else. I'm not going to say what they are. Um, <laughs> but um, we've like I've noticed that like a lot of people have this, a lot of young adults have this really um, unrealistic idea about the way that their lives should go and how their yes. partner should oh. look. Wow. And so that causes them to be really indecisive about mm. everything. And so they're passing up amazing opportunities, amazing people, because they're so fixated on what it should um, look like. And so I think it's more so like social media presenting, hey, your life should look like this. By this age, perfect spouse, perfect job. You should have everything figured out. Um, because that's what sells, especially on Instagram, like aesthetic mm-hmm. speeds, aesthetic oh. homes, like the extravagant wedding, you have your dream job, are you making a lot of money? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's something I found with myself and with other people. Maybe they're just getting out of college. They're like so hard on themselves. I'm like, you're 22. <laughs> and I wish you could have told this to myself. Like, you're 22, move back home and figure it out. Like, don't, like I, mm. um, if you follow me on social media, I have a whole story about how I like moved like a thousand miles away to do this post-bac program. Um, and I shouldn't have, but I went because I felt so pressured. Ooh, okay. um, and people weren't pressuring me, but I, in my head, I had the expectation mm-hmm. of people expect me to be like this and I'm not, and I'm supposed to be, or look at everyone around me. What your life should look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your life should look like. And so the, I had like a total like midlife crisis at like 26. Midlife at 26. 25, 26. Um, just kidding. But I think I, mm-hmm. I call it adult puberty. I don't. I mean, I don't call it, I call it for that, for a reason, sorry, um, because I do think like it's this amazing shift of like, yeah. okay, like my life may not go how I planned or social media thinks I should or the culture. Mm. Um, and I think that's what we're kind of like, at least me, that's what I'm like trying to constantly tell young adults is like, mm-hmm. hey, like break out of the box. Stop thinking your life should be this way. You're passing up so many great opportunities, yes. so many great people that you could get to know because you think it should be this cookie cutter perfectionist thing. So hope I, I answered your question. I want to add to that yeah. too, though, because I don't think it's just like the world and reality TV. I yeah. actually think it's inside the church as well. Yeah. Because oh, we teach goodness. a lot of yeah. like Sorry. the one That's and knowing so like your purpose and your calling. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I mean... My life journey. experience is that it is more of a journey or yes. that there's different yeah. seasons. God's call, God calls you to different things in different seasons. And it's not just this one thing you're going to be thing. doing the rest of your life. But I think the way that we talk about Maybe things Maybe one church, husband. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, like we talk about stuff and so absolutes yeah. are like the plan of God wow. for your life is this one thing. And so even I think if you grow, have grown up in the church or you're in the church, yeah. you're so fixated on like finding that one calling thing or that one thing, you know? And so I just think it's from so many areas than just like, yeah. you know, I, I really do. That, yeah. I, I do think relating it to like people think, okay, well, once I get married, get the perfect house, get the perfect job. Like yeah. even if that happened and it ended up mm-hmm. happening for you, then as soon as you have kids, then it's like, well, I need to have them on the perfect sleep schedule oh, yeah. and I need them to like all of the it's foods that ending. I pre-programmed yeah. that they need, they need to eat all of the food groups and they need to eat them all at the same time, all on the Help. same plate. And like all of these like emotional, like you literally which produces more which anxiety, pr- produces like anxiety. and like uh-huh. it's not their child, you know, <laughs> like, your child sitting there eating in a banana and you're mm-hmm. like, but you didn't eat the broccoli, you yeah. know? And so there's this feeling of like, it, do- it never goes away. Like if you don't, or if you make the one, 
choice. Like if yeah. you make the wrong choice, that's it. And I yeah. think yeah. that's I mean, where, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And I was going to say that I'm glad you brought up about the church because yeah. I think that's where kind of like the me centric culture of uh-huh. the world has seeped its way into the church yep. because it's really not about your calling. It's uh-uh. not about you. So it's yes. like, mm-hmm. a, I'm not trying to, um, dumb down or minimize the feelings of anxiousness that we feel because they are real but I do think some of that comes from making it all about us and what we're supposed to be doing and oh you better figure it out you better figure out what one person you're supposed to be with you better figure out what life path you're gonna miss God you're gonna miss it you should have it figured out I think that's Uh so so important understanding where it came from where is it coming from because once you see where it's coming from then you're able to kind of slowly get it out of there, get it out of the way. Um, yeah, that is, it's crazy. Cause I'm sitting up here thinking about, you know, our kids, have, <laughs> our kids have access. Hey mom, do you remember X, Y, and Z that happened? I said, look, I was just trying to keep y'all alive. Yeah. Uh, everybody <laughs> make sure that y'all ate. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that was a big thing. It's like, okay, I want to make sure they're safe. I want to make sure that mm-hmm. this, I want to, yeah. you know, every, there, there can be 50 million mm. triggers that can make you feel less than but are mm-hmm. they something that uh yeah. is important is as important as being in the moment because i think when, Be in the when, moment. Ang- when you have that kind of anxiousness about things you can miss the moment mm-hmm. yeah. you know you can miss what's going on in the moment mm. um and so that's you know that's something else to to consider and think about oh yeah. it's so good <laughs> anybody else <laughs> okay i i feel like i with with anxiety um or just that that overall struggle with with stress and stuff like i think what you said vicky about inviting the holy spirit and like having a conversation yeah. with the holy spirit yeah that has literally been the number mm-hmm. one thing yeah that yeah. I, I in my journey with um as a mother as a you know new wife as all the different seasons of life that present itself the choices that you know the feeling of needing to make that one choice like um the the Holy Spirit and having a friendship with the Holy Spirit and so being good. able to say, okay, like why, like asking yourself those questions, like mm-hmm. destiny said, like, why am I feeling way. this yeah. way? But then doing that with the Holy Spirit and then asking like, okay, what, what, what should, how should I approach this? Like that, I think that is really the key in my mind of like overcoming those things on a, on a day-to-day basis. And I don't think it's just like a one-time thing no. of oh, like no. one day you're going to overcome. Like I think that's, and, and yeah. And so I think it would be a continual like surrender to the Holy spirit mm-hmm. of like knowing that. that he has called us into peace. Like that is the truth. Like yeah. our, who we are in Christ is not anxious mm-hmm. is yeah, not, you know, who yeah. we are in Christ is not burnout or stressed. Mm-hmm. And so I, in, in yeah. my yeah. heart, yeah, it's a sound mind. And so um, knowing that like we we have to figure out how to walk that out and become mm-hmm. a person of peace. I want to share something to that effect. Um, so, and again, this pregnancy is my season right now, but um, there was like early on in my pregnancy, I bled through my whole first trimester, which has never happened with my other pregnancies. And so yeah. anyways, there's a lot of anxiousness around that. And like of I said, course. you read the stuff on social media, all of that. But I had this moment because just typically in my life, like I had a really rough childhood and like just different things. And so I am a person who, even though I'm pretty optimistic, I do in certain things like waiting for the other shoe to fall or like, you know, or or like whatever, like, oh, I just experienced lots of joy. So something bad must be happening. Like I battle that Mm. thought, even though I know it's not true. 
so anyways it was kind of one of those like days where I had blood and so I'm like well of course like something bad's about to like something bad's gonna happen or whatever Mm. and I just felt and I was like going down my life experience because sometimes I think you do have experiences Mm -hmm. right like you've experienced lots of traumatic loss maybe over and over again and so I mean it would be it would be weird if you didn't your mind didn't go there right but I just remember like the Holy Spirit, I felt like just really not audibly whispering to me, but this question inside my heart of, is that the, is that the narrative? Like, mm-hmm. is that really your history? Right. And of like, just really challenging me because, you know, there's so many sides to, to look at a story or to look like at an experience and right. you can hyper-focus on one part of it or this part or like whatever. I mean, like even think about how many times like Disney has told the same story, right? They tell it from different perspectives. Like you've got the Dalmatians and then Corella just came out, you know, like, or whatever. Like there's so many different perspectives that you can focus on of a story, right? Or an experience. I just feel like the Holy Spirit just really challenged me. Like, is that really your history or is that Mm. the part that you're focusing on? And then in that moment, I just started thinking about all of the like blessings and like just all of the like, well, even in that story, man, God did this, this and this and this, you know, or like even in that situation and just kind of really focusing on what narrative I was telling myself about my whole life Mm, and like where God was and like different stuff like that. And again, that's not to negate any trauma anyone's anyone's gone through or anything like that, but of going like, man, in this moment, like I don't want to live from that thought anymore. Again, like waiting for all the bad or like expecting the bad, even though yes, like you could say and with validity that that's been my experience Mm -hmm. but even just going like man no god like that's not like that's not my history with you and then like really focusing on that i don't know that was kind of a game changer for me so i just wanted to bring that up in light of what you were talking about michaela Mm -hmm. like yes asking the right questions of all that but also going man holy spirit is there like another way to like that is so look at all these experiences i've I've had that would tell my mind to travel down this this thought you know that's really good that's really good because i think that that is pivotal it changing is. your focus it is changing mm-hmm. your focus it doesn't mean that things are not going to happen. course or yeah. lying to or, yourself that uh-huh. none of that was experienced or whatever right. you know exactly. yeah but it's not the it is not the defining narrative of mm-hmm. your life yes. it's like yes we have to know that things are going to happen yes there's going to be moments and times where yeah. we're going to feel this feeling of anxious but that is not the defining moment of the whole of our lives. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, yeah. Well, so, gosh, <laughs> good job, everyone, helping us talk around this subject. And we hope it's been really encouraging to all of you have, who have joined us at the table. And so really just to somehow summarize, which is a challenge, but I think our, our human um, challenge and the question for us, raise your hand if you're a human, <laughs> is that we just need to stay aware of our modern day challenges to maintaining uh, our mental health and knowing that these things are going to keep coming at us, we'll have these challenges, but to be kind to ourselves, realizing, wow, we're, we're really living in an extraordinary time where the demands on our brains are unparalleled. And so being a friend to ourselves um, in that respect, but also saying, hey, what can I do, such as asking Holy Spirit, our best friend, to help us reframe things that happen, not denying the bad, but also seeing where God has been so faithful and so helpful, and we can expect Him to continue to be a friend in that way for us. So 
I just wanted to mention that I've been reading uh, Craig Rochelle's Winning the War in Your Mind and Sean Johnson's Attacking Anxiety for anyone that wanted to delve deeper into some great uh, Christian-based tools. Um, I'm just saying, you know, they may be helpful, but they, you know, depending on your take on them, I just, um, they've been really interesting to me. But um, my favorite author on this topic is uh, Paul the Apostle who faced unthinkable society maladies. You know, it's easy to read scripture and just go, yeah, that was awful. But really, when you look at what was Mm -hmm. happening historically, it was horrific for Christians of that day. And then his own personal physical attacks and mental things that he had to deal with in what he was, his journey of um, living for Christ and wanting to keep uh, kingdom-minded. But what he said in Philippians 4, 6 has really been echoed around the table here of what we've been pointing to. And he urged us to be anxious for nothing. Now, that's interesting because, of course, he knew that in order to ask us to do that, there were going to be anxieties coming our way. But he says to be anxious for nothing and instead in everything by prayer and supplication. Those sound fancy, but it's just, it's conversations. It's pausing to listen to what our best friend, Holy Spirit's perspective is on what we're going through. And it says, but in those conversations, in that prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, destiny, you put that so well in Thanksgiving, seeing what he has done, even through those uh, really harsh challenges. What does he say? Let your request be made known to God. You know, I love having safe places to talk about things that are, you know, anxious thoughts for me. But man, having those one-to-one conversations with God is amazing. Here's what we can expect. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ. Hey, human out there listening around this table, you know, we'd be in bad shape if that was just a fairy tale. But we can assure you, we're living testimonies of that, marking our lives and making such a difference, keeping our perspective um, hopeful and also giving us peace in the middle of these crazy storms that we're having. So we're thinking of you today out there, listener, and we want you to know you have a friend in us that as we think of you, we're prayerfully covering your lives in prayer and hope and expectation that you too are having great conversations with the bre- your, be- your breast friend, your best your friend, breast your friend. very breast friend, your best friend, <laughs> Holy Spirit. So we say goodbye until next time, and we look forward to talk- talking to you across social media. We sure love you.